and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Jim Ford. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 526. Woohoo! <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it's a breath of fresh air. Uh, Not really. Well, coming from you, I suppose it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't I don't usually get the chance to do it, so. You don't get you don't get you don't get a chance to woo that often. <laughs> uh so what are we talking about, Jim? Uh, tonight we're talking about Green Lantern number three. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of our time machines into the future. Oh, I'm sorry. Did did you guys not get the memo yet? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we, we could probably just fill the time with, uh, I don't know, maybe like talk about Indiana Jones or something like that. Yes. Something like that. Indiana Jones and, and the-, the Crystal Skull. Well, that will, be, that, that will be coming up in conversation, I'm sure. <laughs> Taking a time machine back in time to the the age of... I don't actually remember when that movie came out. 2008. Uh, wow. That long? Yep. <laughs> back when Harrison Ford could still move. Uh, back when uh, Shia LaBeouf wasn't completely reviled by Hollywood. That, that is true. That is true. But yes, we will be talking about the... Yet, yet another summer blockbuster that went straight into the toilet from a financial perspective. Oh, man. <laughs> Just like when Corwin and I were here last. Uh, so Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I, th- I thought we were here to talk about Barbie. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if anybody I don't know if any of us has seen Barbie or plan to, but I know I haven't. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the box office of doom That's right. and, and the diaper of destiny. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. We'll talk box office about this movie. No doubt. I have my, I have my chart already open and no, I didn't close it this time. <laughs> cool. uh, all right. So talk amongst yourselves. What did you guys think? I kind of have an idea where Jim's going with this. So maybe that's Corwin. Corwin. <laughs> oh, well, before, before we start, Okay. Spoilers, spoilers, yes, yes, spoilers. Yes. This is a complete spoiler-filled episode. So, are you, are you kidding me? Isn't the episode name like going to be Indiana Jones? 
Well, yes, but I mean, just in case anybody thinks that, you know, there's not going to be like, we're going to spoil every tiny little thing in this episode. So if you want to go in with any surprises whatsoever and you haven't been spoiled already, then yeah, stop listening and come back after you watch it. And that includes if you're waiting for like another two and a half months to Two, as my Peter Brady voice happens, if you're waiting two and a half months to watch it on Disney Plus, yeah, yeah. All right, so Corwin, you you up you're up first. What do you think? Well, well, first thing, let, when we te- when we speak, let's talk about if we're fans or how much of a fans we are or maybe of Indiana Jones. Because to be honest with you guys, I'm not really a huge fan. I've seen the movies plenty of times. I mean, growing up in the '80s, you know, it was the big thing. Um, so going into it, I really didn't have high expectations or expect to be, you know, completely disappointed with the movie, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Um, some people get jacked up really bad, which really surprised me. And there's a lot of theft, but you know, we can talk about that as we review the movie itself, because every time you turn around, they're stealing somebody's car or motorcycle. Oh yeah. (laughs) They're really setting a good influence. <laughs> Damn, right. Damn right they are, Carwin. They steal a lot of vehicles in this. <laughs> <laughs> and, not all, and, and not all from white males, so I guess we can't excuse it. <laughs> oh, my and, you know, God. <laughs> and, you know, they never hesitate to, to kill a Nazi in pretty interesting and painful ways. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's an ongoing thing. But overall, I enjoyed the movie. I, it was cool. It didn't blow me away. Um, I know we'll talk about some of the CGI and and pacing. I, well, not really pacing, but how they laid out the story with what they did. So, hmm. um, I, I think pacing was the right word. There definitely could have been some improvement in the pacing category in this movie. And then we'll talk about how we feel about the flashbacks and the CGI stuff that they've done because I wasn't – I wasn't entirely impressed with it, but I'm, I think it, it's the flashback, especially the beginning was, I think it was really needed to set up the movie. And I thought it brought more to the movie than I know some people saying it should have been left out or whatever. So, um, we could talk more about that as we get into it. I don't really remember Crystal Skull much. I know I saw some of it, probably most of it, but I don't remember it. And maybe a lot of the callbacks and, things that they put in here i may have missed because i haven't really watched the previous movies recently this is the first indiana jones movie i've seen i had never heard of it before <laughs> i went in completely fresh um oh, i lost a lot of context now I'm, I'm kidding uh yeah i mean i've been watching them since i was a kid my dad was a huge fan and i don't know i guess when uh let's see what was it um the last crusade yeah around the time of the last crusade like just before that was coming out like they were rerunning like the first two all the time on television back then Mm. you know that's not what kids are doing these days but yeah so like you always watched it because it was on television and you know the first one was the first one's amazing the second one was as a kid it was fun, but it was not as good. And then you had The Last Crusade, which was like amazing. It was just amazing. Agreed. And after that, like, it's like, okay, 
I am an Indiana Jones fan for life. And then they came out with young Indiana Jones. And like, I was like 12, 13 years old when they came out with that. I think when did, uh, I think that was like early nineties, that show, if I'm not mistaken. I, I would have to look that one up that I never watched. So I don't have the context for, uh, last crusade was 89. Yeah. So I think the, the TV show was just after that by like a year or three or something like that. But uh, it aired in 92. Yep. 92. Yeah. So yeah, like I was like a 13 year old kid. Like that was right up my alley. You got like, you know, Indiana Jones and in like, I think it was like three different stages of his childhood going on adventures and jumping around through time and whatnot. Really a lot of fun. So yeah, Indiana Jones always like was kind of kind of a special property to me. Then fast forward, Crystal Skull came out. And while there were parts of it that I enjoyed, overall, I wasn't a huge fan of the movie and not for like not for the reasons that most people take issue with that. I can overlook mutt like swinging through vines with monkeys. You know, I can overlook a lot of like really, you know, typical stuff. But the thing that I really just couldn't get over was how there was like barely any archaeology. There was puzzling. There was never any anticipation or um, what do you call it? Like you were never on the edge of your seat where, you know, like you're wondering, OK, are they going to figure this out in time or you know, what's going to happen. And without that suspense, it really fell flat for me. Whereas like the first three, like there was a lot of suspense. I mean, in the first one, like you have like a ton of suspense right in the beginning section. And then again, later on throughout the movie, you have this one where it's just like, okay, well now this happens and now this happens and now this happens. And it's just like things flowing into each other. And none of it was earned or anything like that. Whereas now we jump forward to this one. And while I would say that he does get things quicker than in the previous three, in the earlier three, I mean, in ways that make sense because he's older, he has all of this knowledge in his head, but yet there is still an element of him trying to figure things out and you know like things being revealed that it it's it did have that that element of suspense again and so to me yeah it, it was great so that's that's where my my background goes also the other element of my indiana jones fandom is that when james was six months old i have an indiana jones hat i have the indiana jones bag and I dressed James up as a baby in the hat with the bag. I remember. <laughs> and then the following year, I said, oh, let me do it again. And I'll get a progression, you know, as he gets older. And so I've been doing this every single year since then. So I just have like these shots of James in the Indiana Jones outfit. You know, as he got older, I'd get the leather jacket, the shirt, the pants. And like the second year, he's holding a Toy Story Woody figure. So that's like the only anachronism. But like after that, it's like every time it's a different uh, prop. 
So, you know, just kind of a fun thing that we do together. So, yeah. So that's my background with Indiana Jones. I watched all the movies. I I was in the wheelhouse when they came out, certainly the even from the which is funny because I, I I remember my mom really wanted wanted to go see the first Raiders, probably because of Harrison Ford, if I remember correctly. I didn't really want to see that movie. I think that I think that not at the time that it that it came out. I think that came out like right around the time Superman two came out. So that was the movie we really wanted to see. And, and we ended up seeing that first. And then and then well, eventually we saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> but I think for most people. Crystal Skull and Dial of Destiny are definitely going to be the the bottom two on the rung. It's just a question of how you where you put them. To me, and I watched Crystal Skull again probably about two days after I saw after I saw Dial. I think I still think Crystal Skull works better as an Indiana Jones movie, even with the, even with the flaws. I think it feels more Indiana Jones like. I I think there's still enough, in my opinion, anyway. There's still enough archaeological stuff in there and I think I think it works. I think a lot of people have issues, not just yeah, be, besides the you know the nuke the nuking the fridge and the swinging with monkeys, <laughs> but but the the idea that the blasphemy of introducing aliens or other dimensional beings into the you know which really is not kind of unfair because you 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 have the old the, the whole ancient astronaut theory that that relates to cave drawings and all this stuff all throughout the world, so you can't really say that it, you, it's not really something you could delve into via the archaeological uh, off-ramp. But I think it still works. It has flaws in it. The fact that Harrison Ford is still able to move like Indiana Jones to a certain <laughs> extent and that movie is a big difference. When you see this movie, I mean, he he. I'm not going to say he doesn't try. And for his age, he's still in fantastic shape. But most of what he's doing is like, driving which is ironic like i said before it's ironic because he's an 80 something year old guy in real life you wouldn't want him driving either (laughs) but (laughs) drive he's driving and he's puzzle solving for the most part so Mm -hmm. i didn't dislike i didn't dislike this movie i had no great interest in seeing it it was pretty much what i thought i wish i wish they had no pun intended dialed back the the helena character and made her more made her a lot less unlikable in the beginning of the movie because there's just way too much. You're getting way too much, a heavy dose of that aspect of her personality early in the movie and putting an octogenarian in danger over and over and over again. It's like, that's, kind of, that's not really, that's not really going to ra- rally, <laughs> rally the audience behind you. Uh, but I think it's okay. It's not surprising. It didn't work. I never thought this movie was going to make a lot of money. And on some level, it does. Well, we will never know. But some movie, some, there's some aspects of this movie that they seemingly do, they do reek of a Kathleen Kennedy influence on it. <laughs> uh, could all be Mangold. This could have all been Mangold's idea, but it kind of seems it does fall into <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy pa- patterns a little. So that those are those are that's my basic view. I think it's the I to me. So I would put it five out of five. I think it's as far as ranking the movies. I think it's behind Crystal Skull. Uh, I'll watch it again. I have no problem watching it again. I think it was a little too long. I think it wasn't. I didn't. I didn't think it was overly act. wasn't very action packed. There weren't that many action sequences other than like dr- like chase scenes that just went on forever. Ever, yeah, yeah, multiple, yeah, multiple yeah. chase, scenes. multiple chase scenes that just went on forever, and that was the extent of the majority of the action, and the action in this movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, 
you're right. They could have they could have definitely cut it down. And one of the things they could have done to cut down was just cut out a chase scene. I mean, it's a chase scene. So like by its very nature, you can just have the person catch up and end the chase immediately. You don't have to have a chase scene. You don't have to have what is it like the three chase scenes in this movie? Yeah, probably if you count the are you if you're counting the one with the parade with the parade in New York, probably right because they didn't even <laughs> oh yeah with the horse yes. yeah oh yeah, yeah. The horse that chase and then the one when with the with the little car and then and then later on yeah I'd say yeah. there's a yeah. and that's and that's probably not even counting the plane chase scene <laughs> oh please oh and then the, I mean there's also the chase scene on the train but I mean I'll give them that that's that's different enough because it's like on a train literally on top of a train and i i think that was good for our action quota and i think there was one other time with a flashback right was there another flashback besides that one yes when helena was like seven okay oh yeah yeah which looked better which the the de-aging of harrison ford looked more natural and was more seamless there i think I'm i'm wondering if maybe we should have yes cut out some of the chase scenes and maybe given us one or two other maybe flashback scenes would balance it out better because if we don't get the action when he's old, they can actually, you know, play it up with the flashbacks and the younger, the younger indie. But I enjoyed the intro a lot. I think, you know, that's kind of what we expected from an Indiana Jones movie, especially. Yeah. It was yeah. long though. It was a pro prologues are always shaky if they're really, really long. And I understand why this one was longer than usual, because not only, not only is that literally the only the only moment in the whole movie where you 100 percent recapture trying to anyway, recapture the glory years of Indiana Jones and what we think of Indiana Jones. And you plus you put it back in World War Two. And, pl- and it's also related to like Corwin said, it, it, I think you, you needed that to for the plot of this movie, since, you know, Mads Mikkelsen just wants to go. You know, he, he wants to go back to that time. He wants to go back to like 1939. He wants yeah. to, he wants to, and which, which I also thought was a nice twist that normally when you get a, a story like this, the idea would be, oh, he wants to go back and he wants to help Hitler fix his mistakes. Yeah. So I like the fact that, that he's smart enough to figure out, no, Hitler really was the mistake because Hitler, because of the way Hitler was, he wouldn't. Even if you literally brought a history book from like 1969 and gave it to him, this is what's going to happen. He still wouldn't listen and follow it because because he thinks he knows better. And oh, I can. So he knows that he has to. He's going back in time. I'm not sure how effective this really would have how it would have worked. But his plan is to get rid of Hitler and to replace Hitler. And then with the knowledge of basically everything that went wrong in World War Two, plus arguably how the world shapes shook out afterwards, that he was he was basically going to try to you know. So he thought he was a full a full believer in the Nazi movement and the not and Nazi Germany as a concept. He just knew Hitler was the biggest enemy to basically if you wanted a thousand year Reich, he was the biggest obstacle to ever achieving that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a I thought that element was a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. In in speaking to the the prologue aspect in general, I I liked it because it it seemed very Raiders of the Lost Ark to me. That whole sequence where you've got the Spear of Destiny in there 
you you know, and it turns out it's a fake. But there's a, you know a whole other artifact, you know, blah blah blah, that starts everything else off. You've got something that's I don't know, it's related to the rest of the movie, but it's set in a different time period that you don't get to see, you know, too much. Um, I I don't know, like I I I did really enjoy that. I didn't think that it went on too long for me, especially considering like it's it's so traditional Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that ends, now you have sad Indy. Yes. <laughs> so you, Get off you my have, lawn, Indiana Jones. Yeah. At, and the very first scene they want to give you is a topless 80-year-old Indiana Jones walking through his apartment. It's just like, okay. <laughs> they, they really had to give us that? They want to show how old he is? Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the the great continuing... we we. <laughs> The, the Lucasfilm tradition that we need to show every hero you grew up loving as a child that they, their life ended up miserable and broken. <laughs> it's like, newsflash, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> it's like, how many, how many people have we seen them do it to? They did it to Han. They did it to Luke. They arguably did it to Leia, too, but Leia at least was able to fall back on. She fell back a little back back into her, what she did best more easily. So, But her life was still pretty miserable. And then we, and now, now we have, now we have Indiana Jones in the, in the same, you know, in the same way. It was a, it was a contrast clearly done for a reason to show you where, you know, where he is in his life and everything else. But I don't know. I, it's that aspect. It would, it would have been, I think it would have been cooler that he, his life wasn't so, wasn't so miserable. Killing, killing his son off in Vietnam was kind of a low blow. I mean, did you want Shy back? He didn't have to be in the movie for you not to kill him off. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Karen Allen wasn't in the movie till the very end, so, but you knew she was alive. It's <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. That was that seemed to be that seemed to be an an odd choice. It's just it's almost like they did that on purpose, just so you get that line later on when he says that if basically if he could go back in time and do anything, he'd go back in time just to tell just to make sure his son didn't enlist. Didn't join the army for that reason. I I don't know. Here's here's a minor thing where I think they let me down. Um, Mads Mikkelsen, after he took that shot in the face on the train, when we see him again, I thought he'd have some kind of gimmick, whether it's like a fake eye or, you know, I, I thought he'd have some distinguished villain-esque, <laughs> you know. He should have. You're right. He should have. You know? Yeah. Cause most, because if you didn't know Mads Mikkelsen was going to be a major player in this movie, if he – you would think, oh yeah, he's dead, because who would have survived that? <laughs> and, yeah, instead, yeah. and instead, oh, tis just a scratch. <laughs> yeah, no, no cane, no, you know, exploding tooth or something. <laughs> I, I just expected a little something, but you know, that was me. No, I think you were not the only one that had that reaction. I think a lot of people, a lot of people were like, wow, he he shook that off pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe he drank from the grail. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I, you look at, you look at this movie and it's like, it's, it's, there's so many things about it. It's hard to wrap, wrap yourself around. And, I mean, you think about that. Oh, it's like back when, back when you're supposed to just want to punch Elena in the face, a Helena in the face, that it's like, oh, all she wants to do is get these, these, these great artifacts and sell them with her knockoff, a uh, short round. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, okay. I just, I don't know. I'm 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 stammering because it's just. I think that's part of the reason why. They, 
the issues that I had with in the sense that it just it's almost like what was the point? <laughs> it's like it's like to give us another Indiana Jones movie, but he's sad, and you don't. He 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 goes. They go back in time, literally go back in time, and we'll touch about upon this more in a few minutes. That and all he wants to do is die in the past. It's like, well, we can't let you die in the past because you're gonna fuck things up. And it's like, well, he doesn't necessarily have to fuck things up. <laughs> take off, <laughs> take his clothes off, dress him as a Greek. He's probably gonna die anyway because any <laughs> shortly because because he, he's gonna from his gunshot wound. Exactly. But, yeah. but he, it's just. Because we we already know because we already know that technically there's a not a, not necessarily a closed loop but we already know from, from when they find Archimedes' body or whatever <laughs> that he's got the friggin' watch on from Matt Mickelson so we already uh-huh. know that that technically did already happen and they weren't changing the past <laughs> that was that was something that was meant to happen yeah well before you jump that far ahead how do you feel about the time period that they set I guess the second part of the movie in where or the second scene where we're dealing with the moon landing and you know ticker tape per- ticker tape parade and all that other stuff do you guys how do you guys feel about that time period if it was even worth it setting it there or if it made any kind of difference to the movie so the time frame i i don't i think it works because first of all you have to look at they've been, they've been kind of progressing steadily through decades <laughs> you know last one was in the 50s this is barely in the 60s, like you're almost in the 70s. But it also ties into the Operation Paperclip idea. So that I think that's what, what they wanted to do with Mads Mikkelsen's character to make it clear that he was one of the scientists brought over from Nazi Germany to to eventually help with other things and because especially in, in the, in the uh, space program. So I think yeah. I think that kind of works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think how Indiana Jones started as a pulp character doing archaeology of like kind of like mystical stuff religious artifacts things like that and then as time progresses you know he the last one was in the 50s and you know it's aliens and now you know it's 69 it's time travel the you know it it works as like as you're moving forward in time the artifacts and the the sci-fi aspect of it is changing, you know, or the, you know, the fantasy archaeology, sci-fi, you know, evolution kind of thing. Uh, it may make, it makes a lot of sense. I think. Cool. Cool. I, I did say before, I enjoyed the horse chase through the sub subways and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was some good action. I, I'm, I'm glad that we got to see Sala, even if it was like a cameo and, you know, they didn't really utilize him. I, I was still just happy to see him. It was a nice touch. It was, uh, he was such a key, key player, certainly in movies one and three. So, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it was nice. Kind of sad when he was ready to go, ready to go back with Indy and Indy says, no, that's OK. <laughs> yeah, he was doing it for his own good because he had a family and everything. But but the, but the point was, it was like, uh, I really want to have those adventures again. Well, up yours, buddy. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, pe- people were dropping left and right in, in his job, so you know he did feel responsible for some deaths. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the to speak to the aspect of Helena being so unlikable, I think that yes, they did go too far. However, even though like they went really far, and they should have 
They should have definitely, you know, taken it back a bit, made her a little bit more likable. By the same token, if you think about her upbringing and how her dad goes crazy and then she's on her own with nobody to take care of her and Indiana Jones, who is her godfather and really should have been in there, you know, like helping out or, you know, doing something. Uh She instead has nothing. And so while there's a lot of similarities between her and Indiana Jones, like he also like his parents were like kind of kind of absentee parents because they were globetrotting and they were having their own archaeological adventures. And he was just kind of like he was a latchkey kid, but he was flying all over all around the world. So. It's like he has parents who kind of care about him, but they've stepped back. So he's Jones is just what do you call it? He's left to develop his own morality while having a very loose moral code type thing. Whereas she has none of that. Like that's that's all gone by the time like she's in her formative like teen years and everything like that. So it makes sense why she's so unlikable, but by the same token, the whole aspect of her like auctioning these pieces off to, you know, just for the money, I think that it was all a scam and that like because we know like she goes to Jones and she knows that he has the the first half of the the dial. She uses him to get it. And then she goes to, I don't know, was it was Morocco or something like that? I forget exactly. where it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to quote unquote, auction it off, where I think what was basically going to happen was she'd auction it off, get the money, and then immediately steal it back and use that money to go get the other half of the dial. I think that's basically what they were going for. But Indiana Jones, like, he doesn't realize that he doesn't he's has not been let in on the plan so he completely screws everything up so now they got to basically take the half that they have or try and get it back or whatever and they don't have the money that she would have made stealing it from one of these mobsters who thought that they were going to be getting it she's too obsessed with the dial because of her father's work to just get these things and you know and, and not follow up with it she's got to know she's memorized his his diaries yeah exactly like he's she's memorized all the journals like she's obsessed with it the way that indiana jones was for the holy grail so you know like i think that she's wheeling and dealing knowing exactly where that first aisle is going to be going and who is going with so whether she steals it immediately or well, whether she steals it back later on after she's got the other half, like she was getting that entire thing together. <laughs> I love the scene when Indy breaks out his whip <laughs> and oh, everybody God. ducks for a little bit and then they all pull guns on him. <laughs> yes, a reversal of the, uh, the the gun and whip scene from the the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that was good. <laughs> or Antonio Banderas. Oh, man. I didn't realize that was him. Yeah. You don't really want to be. 
This is the problem with being friends with Indiana Jones. <laughs> it puts you at high risk. <laughs> like Constantine, yeah. All of his yeah. friends seem to get it. He's yeah. on the um he's on the poster too. I didn't even realize. Banderas is on the poster. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't have much of a role. But that's and yeah, that scene was I guess they had they had they had to have their variation on snakes, so I guess that's the closest you could get in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I like this. I like that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't snakes, but it was still snakes. <laughs> <laughs> there were snakes to him. <laughs> and I guess that was your that was your first little hint that uh Helena wasn't uh all that bad. Wasn't a hundred percent horrible because it but but much like Vader at the end of Jedi, it took her a while to make her decision. It's like mm, mm. <laughs> I guess I'll save the old bastard. Yeah. <laughs> but and she was all and she was real giddy about out, outsmarting uh Mickelson and company right after Antonio Banderas just got killed. That was horrible. Yeah. That was bad. But see yeah. that kind of negates the goodness that she had in in, in saving Indy and being clever enough to cause a distraction. That was Well, a- yes, but by the same token, like how many people does Indiana Jones gun down in this movie? Like, I mean, I, I I would have to watch this again and actually pay attention. But, like, he kills a lot of people. He shoots a lot of Nazis, you know, or, you know, these agents and spies and things like that. So, like, yeah, like, he knows Antonio Banderas and it's his friend, but she doesn't know who he is. You know, like, he helped them out and blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's very nice. But, like, you can't really, like, get pissed off for as little respect as Indiana Jones shows to other human life that he disagrees with. You can't be like, listen, we, we got to have a moment of silence for this person that you didn't really know or care about. Like, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, yeah, but, Indiana Jones is pissed off and sad, but, but Jim, n- Nazis don't count. They're, they don't count. <laughs> <laughs> they, still have, they still have pets, man. They, somebody loves them. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm telling you, that train scene when the the anti aircraft gun started messed up and started shooting everybody in the train, I was like, "Damn, they were wiping them dudes out." Yeah. Sorry, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, tell no, no. It's kinda, a, it's a free, point. it's a free flowing discussion. So. So the, I guess we should mention that the whole Dial of Destiny thing, the two parts that are needed that to create this device, which is a time travel device, but nobody quite understands that it's a one-way time travel device. Everybody that Mads Mikkelsen thinks he can basically use it to take him to where he wants to go, which is 1939, and basically they can only take him back to Archimedes, who created who created the dial to begin with, because, hey, help me! <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, well, the whole problem was continental drift. I guess was a yes. He didn't factor that in. No. Or, I mean, that's that, 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 that that's was the thing. That's yeah. okay. So before they fly through, and Indiana Jones is like, yeah, he he never co- factored in continental drift. Yes, he didn't factor in continental drift, and so the time portal that they go through is back to Archimedes. Archimedes. Yes. But that's what Archimedes designed it for. So it yes. didn't matter. The, the, the continental drift 
tells you that it doesn't matter when or where you set it for, it was always going to send you back to Archimedes' time. Continental wow. Drift had nothing to do with it. It's just that Archimedes found a time portal that I, I'm, I'm assuming, and I mean, like, we don't know this for sure, but whenever you are, this thing points to where the time portal is that will t- take you to Archimedes. And anything gotcha. else is irrelevant. Yeah, that's that's essentially it. So I yes. I, I thought that they they just picked the wrong portal that maybe other portals would pop up in this thing if you know the coordinates can take you where you want to go. So you're saying it's it's a built for a one time thing to get you just to Archimedes. Right? Yeah, and they do mention that in the movie too. That yeah, no, she not. says it's um it's a trick deck. You know, it's a trick deck. It's only set to come here. Now gotcha. that that said. While they don't explicitly state it, one can extrapolate that if you were as brilliant as Archimedes, then perhaps you could use this thing. The uh, what was it called? The uh, never going to remember the name of it. It's an actual thing. It's an actual device that they have in Greece that they found in Greece. But in any case, if you had this thing you could kind of reverse engineer it to try and look for portals that would go other places. places. But this particular model, you know, it's like, um, it's kind of like back in the day when internet, you know, was around and like, you'd get like the AOL thing and it's like, okay, well you can connect to the internet, but you can only get to AOL because they've set, parameters or something like that on it like technically you're on the internet but you can only get to one website like that's essentially what that dial was now if you're able to hack it as you would be able to hack that software all of a sudden the rest of the internet is open to you but you know like that's not the point of this movie it's just a plot detail afterwards that if you think about it yeah most likely you'd be able to you know, do that, but nobody in this movie is going to ever do that. And that that brings into play her whole card trick thingy, so that they tied it all up. I got you. Yes, yes, and that's why they did the card trick. Trick, yeah. yeah. Though obviously, at some point, based on even what Mangold has said, that and even the way some of the rumors about in the leaks about what was supposed to happen in this movie, that they they obviously considered the idea of Indiana Jones of going back of going back to 1939. They obviously they did consider that as a, as an option. So basically, that Baz Mickelson would be correct that they would that be, and basically the last part of the movie would be in back in 1939. Now, it wouldn't be as I understand how it's uh, on some level it makes more sense that it's, that Archimedes only makes it to go back to help try to help him, and that it's not just a a time GPS as Tony Stark would make, but. It's not necessarily true. It would have made that it wouldn't have made for a more interesting movie if they had gone back to 1939. Even though you you are stuck with the problem of what well, you're essentially rooting for Hitler then because you need things to work out the way they did. <laughs> you, you you're not rooting for history to be rewritten. So you right. really so and and it and then you have but but that see that goes with the whole idea of the rumors when when young there were always rumors which turned out to be true. I think that there were always rumors that old indie, our our indie was supposed to die at some point in the past. 
I guess it just originally many people thought based on the leaks that he was going to die in 1939. And then there were other rumors that said, well, young Indy's going to die too. And basically, no matter how you look at it, either Indiana Jones is being wiped out of the time stream or just, they just created an alternate reality in which there's no Indiana Jones. But I certainly think it's true that regardless of when they really did think uh, they were going to have Indiana Jones die in the past at one point. And then they said, well, we don't know about that. And then, so let's have, let's have, you know, have Helena beat the shit out of him and drag him back somehow into the, into the present. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, I love that. I, I, I did love that. That, yeah. that, you know, like I was not expecting that. Like I was expecting him to die in the past kind of where it's like, okay, so they leave him in the past. So technically when they leave him, he's still alive. But when they go back into the future, obviously he's dead because he was living you know yeah. two years ago so that's kind of like yes he's dead but he's also alive at the same time it's it's schrodinger's indiana jones <laughs> <laughs> kind of sort of yes um but i i do like the way that they that they they did close it instead it was a lot more a lot more satisfying than to kill him off in the in the past agreed well, killing him off in general was something I don't think anybody wanted, but it, no. it, it wouldn't exactly been it would not exactly have been an unhappy ending on one level for Indiana Jones, considering how much the past was meant to him. And that was his whole life to actually finally get to go into the past and die there instead of dying based on where we were when he left miserable and on his own. That probably would not have been the worst. He probably would have been happy to die there on some level. I understand why they did, but, but again, like I said, nobody wants to see him die. Period. Yeah. So it it was it was the best it was it was the best solution that and, day. And, and 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 then altering the timeline is just a whole other thing because how many Nazi bodies were dropped? Yes. Yes. How, how many the technology? How many, yes. How many bullets were the idiots shooting out of the plane into the army below? It's just like really, you guys just total disregard of, of affecting see, anything with the see, that's that's where they kind of get themselves into to a problem too because it, it's like they're, they're walking the fine line with almost trying to have a either an open loop or a closed loop terminator kind of thing where you because you could very easily make the case well none none of what happened is changing history because again we already found archimedes with mads mickelson's watch so watch. we know they go back in time so you can make a case indiana jones was always meant to go back in time and die in Archimedes period. And it didn't change the timeline or it wasn't going to, everything still played, especially because of his knowledge of history, he would know not to fuck things up of relevance. But then again, it could be the butterfly effect where you could technically screw something up small and have big ramifications too. But then again, that all has already happened. If it did, if it was meant to happen based on the way they, that's where, that's where, it, that's where it gets tricky. Uh, I think it was, again, it was, it was, entertaining it didn't surprise me that it didn't resonate and didn't really grab the audience that it did so at some point we'll talk box office but i don't know about any other major points somebody wants to hit that they haven't brought up yet yeah i mean i think that this is a movie that they had to make like they had to make it because harrison ford was only going to do star wars if they gave him an indiana jones movie by that token like yeah okay so we got to make this indiana jones movie now it just so happened that they made it when 
you know, the pandemic hit. So now all of a sudden, like, it doesn't matter how much this movie was going to cost. Now the costs have ballooned and, you know, it's a much more expensive movie. And then, you know, reshoots and the CGI to make them younger and blah, 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 all that stuff. I think that even though this didn't do well financially, and I'm I'm not especially surprised because it's been so long. It's been so long since Indiana Jones was a thing. And then, I mean, even back with the Crystal Skull, it's like it's been a long time since that. And that was not a great movie, you know. And so it's been so long since Indiana Jones was great. And they haven't really done enough with the character to keep people interested. Exactly. Or engaged with the property. So it's like you kind of like let the property languish, especially like comics like they had tons of comics back in the day and then everything kind of petered out when the rights started jumping around and whatnot nowadays you can't even get the you know like you can't get a trade paperback of those comics because the rights belong to disney but the old comics belong to dark horse so now disney doesn't want to give dark horse the rights and dark horse doesn't want to give disney the rights and blah 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 it's it's kind of a archaeological artifact of a property that they resurrected for one last movie yeah okay so it doesn't make a lot of money but like maybe they'll use this as a jumping off point somewhere in the future and be like okay you know we're we're gonna cast somebody new and that's gonna be short round or we're gonna cast like the early adventures of Sala or Somebody will do, you know, the the Ravenwood prequel that they were going to do, but got canceled recently or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, you could you could fill us in on that because I have no clue what that stuff is. But do you feel like they're setting up Helena to be the new Andy? No. And I think that they probably left the door open for that. But I think, well, especially after how well the movie did, it's dead. Like the property's dead now and they are going to give it a decent amount of time before they do anything again with it. And maybe they'll reboot. Maybe they'll recast. Maybe they'll do a spinoff. I don't know. But as of right now, I, the way I see it, Indiana Jones is done. We got one final movie to wrap it all up. To finally kill off Mutt and then give Indiana Jones a happy ending without him. And, you know, you got his friends there. You've got his goddaughter who, you know, might be on the up and up now. Or at least, you know, now that she has Indy, she has a better role model. And we'll see Mentor. where she goes from here. Yeah. But I don't think we're ever going to see that. Like there's a slight chance that maybe we'll see it in comic form, but I don't even, I don't even have any hope for that. I think it's done. Maybe they thought that she was going to be able to have like a spinoff, but I, I think they probably realized early on while they were making the movie that that was a a lost cause. And I, I like I don't even think that James Mangold like cared one way or another. Like he was just creating the new female 
you know, co-lead with with Harrison Ford, who wasn't a you know a romantic lead, but whatever. Like you got to have that in an Indiana Jones movie. And meanwhile, you probably got Kathleen Kennedy is like, ooh, maybe we can spin off Indiana Jones with a woman, you know, blah blah blah. But you know, like the other thing is they did most of the discovering, and now it's 1969. Like that's kind of like that's the other thing about the time period. It's 1969, and we're going to space, and the human race is now firmly focused on the future and the space race, and nobody cares about the past and archaeology. So even if you were going to spin it off with Helena, what would she do? Because archaeology is kind of a dead subject in this time period. So, I mean, I guess... Underwater to Atlantis. I mean, they did they did that in video games and comic books with <laughs> yeah. Indiana Jones. <laughs> I don't you know, know, like that that's been long since uh, long long since done. Yeah, I think I think part of the other problem was it was a long it was a long time since the last movie, and that one did not. Even though it made a crap ton of money, it did not. Yes, it was not everyone's darling, mm-hmm. but. It's also that we have to we have to call a spade a spade. It's that Lucasfilm is such a cluster right now that no, I think a lot of people had no confidence in this movie just because nobody has any confidence in anything Lucasfilm is doing right now. So I think being blunt, until Kathleen Kennedy is gone and someone else is there, people are not going to have a lot of confidence in pretty much almost the unless Dave Filoni is doing it or involved in it, no one's going to have any kind of even a semblance of confidence that it's going to turn out anywhere close to what maybe George Lucas would have wanted it to be like, or be even something like it used to be. So I think, I think there's that element to it too. I think this, this movie just did not resonate. We're not, I don't know if there's really a need to do a huge postmortem on this financially. It's just, it hasn't done well. It, 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 it and Mission Impossible th- uh, Dead Reckoning are kind of interesting because they both are underachieving to a certain extent. Dead Reckoning does have a little bit more of a built-in excuse because of the fact that they were they knew they were going to lose all their premium theaters to Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer was already contractually obligated to have like all the premium IMAX theaters and everything else for three for the for three weeks in a row. So. So you knew you knew that Mission Impossible was going to nosedive financially because of the fact that they were losing all that added revenue in its second week. So but both movies kind of played to the same audience and they didn't and they didn't make a lot. Indiana Jones had to make probably like about close to 900 million, if not a straight up billion to make a profit. And this movie is not even going to make 500 worldwide. Uh, So it's. Yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> so I think I think this property and some people have said it's borderline a franchise anyway, because you had three movies and a lot of people didn't like Temple of Doom when it came out. I have I have a fondness for Temple of Doom because like it was the first PG-13 movie. Plus, I went to go see it in I must have been in junior high at the time, but it was going to see the movie on your own. That was one of the first movies as a group with my friends that we went to go see in 1984. I believe that was that. So I have a, f- a little fondness for Temple of Doom. It's just a different kind of movie. It's darker. I think it's darker in many ways. So I think that's why it didn't resonate as well. But especially Last Crusade, which to be fair, following the George Lucas pattern, 
It's pretty much a remake of Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> just with a different MacGuffin. But because you have Sean Connery in it, that kind of changes things and makes it so much better. Yeah. But, you know, Crystal Skull, people were disappointed. People were excited, I think, when it came out. That's why it made like $100 million on opening weekend. It was people were excited, but there was different reasons that it, it didn't resonate. And I think some sometimes I think people are just kind of like stuck too. And it's well, he's got to be dealing with Nazis or it's not Indiana Jones. They tried to do the best they could by having him be with Russians. That was the there was those were the new Nazis, and it was the Cold War. The Soviets were the new Nazis. Hmm. But it, I don't know. I think I think it does need to sit. I think maybe at some point, long after probably Harrison Ford is gone, that maybe at some point someone will be willing to uh, – the, the audience might be willing to do an Indiana Jones reboot and start from scratch, and that might be the way and the way to go. But I probably regarding the spinoff idea, yeah, I'm sure Kathleen Kennedy in, her, in the back of her beady little mind thought, oh, yeah, here we go. This is going to work. But again – I don't know why any, anybody objectively would think that was going to work just because it's so blatantly obvious that people that that, that would be uh, even if it's not your agenda, it reeks it reeks of agenda. So people would automatically pull back and go, oh, we see what you're trying to do here. If they wanted to do that, they also should have made her likable. <laughs> That's kind of a problem. Um, all the, you, you can you can criticize Ray for being a Mary Sue. At least she was likable. <laughs> <laughs> the one so, thing that I will add, though, is that if they change things, like you said, the you know they talked about changing the endings so that they went back to 1939 instead, and blah blah blah. Which, honestly, like you said, then you're rooting for Hitler, which that's kind of uh, problematic, you know, whatever. But. If they had gone back and left her there or Indiana Jones dies and she gets left back during World War Two, then that would have opened a door for a spinoff where now she's in the 40s and archaeology and discovering things like that is still viable. I think that would have been a potential spinoff idea. but. Yeah, no, the way that they ended it on with this ending, like, no, is absolutely not going to spin off. Which is what the rumors were about this movie. The right. rumors that were out there for a long time was that she was going. They never made it 100 percent clear whether she was going to be carrying it on, carrying on the tradition in current continuity or from the moment that they were trapped in the past. And basically she basically filled Indiana Jones's void and that altered timeline. Mm-hmm. But. One way or the other, or again, didn't necessarily have to. I mean, she wouldn't necessarily have to be filling a void if they don't kill young Indy at the same time. If they just killed old Indy in, and he dies in 1939, then basically young Indy, as long as he's intact, technically would still go on and do everything that he did. But yeah. either way, that was, those were some of the rumors that there were multiple possible endings to this movie. And but old Indy dying was always the one they, that was pretty consistent that people were saying, oh, old Indy's going to die in the past. So I think that absolutely was true. And the ending, regardless of, again, whether it was the Archimedes past or 1939 past, I think that absolutely was whether they shot it or not. Only Mangold and people at Lucasfilm will know. But the reality, I have no doubt that they thought about it. And I just like I have no doubt that the ending with Karen Allen and stuff like that was kind of like one of the things they did towards the end, because almost everybody said they reshot the ending except Mangold. He's the one who insisted they didn't reshoot the ending. But. 
John John Williams said they reshot the ending. Harrison Ford said they resh- they did sh- they did some more shooting for the ending. So well, the other possibility is that the continental drift thing, if that was actually an aspect of it, and they hadn't factored in continental drift, then they would not be going back to 1939, which means that instead of 1939 or Archimedes time, maybe they went back to like 1920, 1910, something like that. Send her back to then. So that way, you know, whatever Indiana Jones dies, whatever, or he goes back into the future, whatever, whichever way it goes. And you drop her there. Now you have a potential spinoff so that one, you're not rooting for Hitler. And two, you've got her who, has this future knowledge, but is also an archaeologist discovering things. So I guess that would be interesting as a potential thing, but obviously that's not the way that they went. Yes, not at all. Nope. Nope. We're doing closing thoughts now. All right. So the one thing that I do want to say about it is that for context, like, yes, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought that Atlanta wasn't great. But I was able to deal with it overall, though, very much enjoyed the movie. However, the entire thing was that when I went to go see this movie, my father passed away days prior. And he, you know, like he's been, you know, in a facility. He's hasn't been able to talk or communicate. He hasn't recognized us. He's had Alzheimer's for years. So. While, you know, like it was something that we knew was going to happen. It was still sad, blah, blah, blah. My dad loved Indiana Jones. I ended up going to see it at the movie theater with my brothers and my mom. My mom hasn't seen a movie in like 20 years. This one she went to go see. So going into it, it's like, oh, and I, I took James also, obviously. This is this was his first and now last movie <laughs> get, to get to see Indiana Jones on the big screen it was it was very like it had a lot of weight going into it and you know and because of all of that yes i loved it i the whole experience was cathartic for me very cathartic so and we're all very obviously sorry for your loss and we're glad that you you probably more than 90 percent, 99 percent of the audience had some deep emotional satisfaction out of this (laughs) for that reason and that's good enough for me so (laughs) yes yeah yeah the whole ending you know and and also i didn't know that karen allen was going to be in this movie and so when she walked in at the end it was just like oh god you know like for indiana jones to get his happy ending when you know my father he can't it was like okay well well at least one of them will get a happy ending so it was nice nicely put pretty much agree it's an enjoyable movie it's gonna be well if we had cable like back in the day it'd be one of those things that you catch on a saturday on tv and you'd actually stop and watch a good portion of it yeah um I didn't really have high expectations of it, but I did enjoy it. I didn't hate it. I don't really see what all the hate is with it. People really disliking it. Performance-wise, I mean, we're still dealing in a post-COVID world where people are not really super excited to go to the movie theaters. 
So I'm not surprised it didn't, you know, blow everything out of the water. But listeners out there, I recommend definitely checking it out. It's a fun, loosely, it's an enjoyable movie. Yes, check it out. And if you haven't, if you're not going to see it in the movies, well, like I said, a few more months <laughs> to Disney Plus. For better or for worse, mostly worse, I think Disney Plus is re- is really hurting their business model. But hey, you reap what you sow. Let's <laughs> <laughs> spend everything on s- streaming's the way to go. Hey, maybe it's not. Uh, yeah. All right. So anybody wants anybody want to push something? You have anything you want to push, Jim? Uh, yes, I want to push my YouTube channel, Mosaic Comics. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I've been doing it for, I want to say, three years now. <laughs> and um, You just yeah, had your anniversary. It's, it's It's been really great. Yeah, I, I'm so happy that I did it. Just go to YouTube, search for Mosaic Comics. Uh, I talk about Green Lantern and anything else that catches my fancy. Go for it, Corwin. Uh, I've been pretty quiet, but uh, EMP, um, EarthMightiestPodcast.com, or EMPCast on Twitter. All right, I oh, guess. Oh, what? Good. one last thing. Um, if anybody wants us to come back and do the rest of the Indiana Jones movies, like you'll have to specifically ask for that. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what that means, but we, we can do commentary tracks. That's what but, I'm saying. Like we did the, oh, we yes, did we will, the last one. We're willing one. to do commentary tracks. We have, hey, we'll, we can do a commentary track for this when it hits Disney+. Plus. All right, we're running out of time. Lanterncast at gmail.com, lanterncast.com, yada, yada. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, podcast, well, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, if it still exists. Uh, last but not least, voicemails or text 708 Lantern and let us know what you think. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Good night. night. (laughs) So long.